Summer speed. Sound production, take one. Roll sound, roll speed. Sound production, take two. And action. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the episode of The Life of Pi with me, your host, a.k.a. Call Sign Sunshine. Join me tonight. I have a very special guest, Mr. Matthew, a.k.a. Call Sign Cheeks. <laughs> and tonight, we are covering the 2022 blockbuster of the summer. None other than Top Gun Maverick. It's going to run you about an hour, 59 and 41 seconds, I think is what we just finished with. A little action adventure starring Tom Cruise, Glenn Powell, Bill Pullman's kid, I forget his name off the top of my head, Val Kimner's in it. So let's just kind of look, like it's a movie we've been waiting on, what, about 34 years in the making, I believe is what? 36. 30 sooner, but it is the longest so. span between the original and the sequel. So... We've waited for this movie for a long time. We got delayed, what, about two and a half, three years because of COVID and post-production and all that crap. So they kept pushing it back and pushing it back. But May 27th, we finally got it. One of the greatest cinematic adventures of all time, bar none. So this movie starts off with Tom Cruise living in the Mojave Desert with apparently no air conditioning and in the middle of an abandoned air base. And he has the old the old Kawasaki, is that what he's driving? Mm -hmm. Yep. And so he his whole thing is he has to do like a, like a secret stealth mission and get a stealth bomber to go Mach 10. Is that correct? Yep. Mach 10? So of course Maverick does what Maverick does, and he pushes the 10.1, it explodes. Maybe get 10.3. 10, okay, 10.3. Yeah. And so it explodes, and Ed Harris is there. He's badass. Ed Harris is great. Everything he does basically tells him, you're going back to Top Gun. He's just like, you gotta be kidding me. And so overall, we just, this whole movie is just an amazing ride from start to finish. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got all the actors and we'll have some fun facts we'll start with. So some of the things I've been reading about and then of course Matt has some facts as well is that the actors actually got to pick their own call signs, which I think is pretty freaking cool. Absolutely. So. That's pretty dope. Um, the bar hard deck, which is owned by Penny. So Jennifer Connelly's character is referenced literally twice in like five or six words in the first one. So the first time we went to see this, I had no idea who this person was. I had to look it up. And I'm a massive original Top Gun fan itself. And I looked it up. Apparently she's the rear admiral's daughter that Maverick did a flyover with. And they talk about in the original, I think, one time with Meg Ryan in the bar for mm -hmm. this great pulse of fire. Yeah. It's like, so you're going to give me one line. They're like, you know what, 36 years later, let's bring her back in. Mm -hmm. What was really crazy was that, what I read was that when they referenced that, she was actually a minor. She was actually 16 years old, <laughs> which oh, is that's... kind of creepy. But, um, but yeah, that is how that character comes into the movie. So... We, we, we introduced a lot of new characters in this film. Um, John Hamm's in it, uh, call sign Cyclone, I mm -hmm. believe. Yep. Um, I forget the other guy's name, the actor, his call sign is Warlock, which I think is one of the coolest call signs that mm -hmm. there is that they have. Yep. 
And of course, you have all the new hot shot pilots. You got Hangman, Fanboy, Phoenix, Bob, Coyote. Coyote. Um, so they're the best of the best. Then, of course, you have Goose's kid, Bradley Bradshaw. And his call sign is Rooster. So apparently, he wanted to stay in the same family animal range of call signs. His dad was Goose, and he wanted to be a rooster. Mm hmm. So, of course, this whole movie, as you guys know by now, is based around Tom Cruise basically pulling Rooster's papers and preventing him from flying four years sooner than he did. So, Rooster has held a grudge against Maverick for God only knows how many years. But we find out the reason that Maverick pulled the papers was that Meg Ryan wanted, didn't want her son to fly. And they talk about how she died, so she wasn't back. They killed her. Uh, Kelly McGinnis just didn't want to be in it, I guess. Um, so the new love interest, Penny, so we have to have somebody for Tom Cruise to hang out with. She comes back as the main character. She's got a sailboat. They go out in a sailboat together, which I think... It's, it's pointless. It's one of the most pointless scenes in the entire movie. Some people love it. I have nothing against Jennifer Conley. I want that to be stated. I have no beef with her. I just could have given two shits about the love story. Give me the action. Give me the pilots flying fast, high, and blowing shit up. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of cool stuff about this movie. Um, the hard deck bar that she owns is, is an actual bar that they modeled after the real bar in San Diego. So, they built it down, they kind of built it on a beach down the road from the real one. They went in to scout the location, try and film there, but. I guess the building, the angles were too small. You couldn't fill, fit a full film crew in there, as you guys know. There's hundreds of people in a film crew, dozens of cameras going. So it was just too small. So they built their own makeshift hard deck on the beach in San Diego on North Island, which I think is pretty sick. Yeah. They did a good job recreating it, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you guys look it up, there's plenty of YouTube videos out there at this point. You look it up on YouTube, they got the planes hanging from the ceiling. It looks like it's almost like a horseshoe shaped bar. You got the sign that says you disrespect the bar owner or a lady or have your phone in the bar. You buy everybody a drink and a bell. And you look it up. That stuff is in the real bar, which is very cool. But the meat of this whole thing is Maverick gets called back to teach a class again. And this mission is unlike any other he's ever done in his life. The jets are faster, stronger, quicker, whatever you want to call it. And he has to teach these hot shots that are the best of the best to basically fly a mission that is damn near impossible that they've never flown their jets like this before. And of course, Hangman is uh, played by Glenn Powell. He is an absolute ass in this movie, but he is fantastic in his role. Yep, absolutely. He does a great job. He he comes in, and what I liked about his character was he has that cockiness mm -hmm. that you know, Iceman had mm -hmm. in the original Top Gun. And one of the things about not just his character, but this movie specifically was I enjoyed how they didn't overdo it and bring parts of the first one in. They sprinkled it in in the perfect spots, too. Yeah, like, for instance, like the first reference you get, there's only like a handful. The first reference you get... Well, the first is the opening scene. It's, it's the opening scene, you get the motorcycle. It's literally, no, the opening scene from the aircraft carrier, it's the same exact Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, like, we were actually, when we went to see the opening night, it kicks in, you have the main title, it's like, 
It's, it it's, says on March 3rd, 1969, the U.S. Navy establishes an elite school for the top 1% of its pilots. Its purpose was to teach the lost art of aerial combat and to ensure that the handful of men who graduated were the best fighter pilots in the world. The only thing that they changed this type was uh, they fixed the typo insure to ensure, and they uh, changed it from men to men and women because, as we know, Phoenix is the only female pilot in this movie. And go ahead and give your fun facts you found about Phoenix's character before we came on here. <laughs> so, uh, like like Paul said, that all the character, all the actors were able to choose their own call signs um, to make it personalized to them. Uh, she chose Phoenix. Phoenix is actually the only pilot in the whole movie that uh, crashes her aircraft. And she's a female. And she's a female, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't no, no, matter. no, 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 just saying she's the only female pilot. Yeah, um, regardless, she crashes her, her, her plane, and uh, it kind of signifies that, you know, the the phoenix rises again from its ashes, and she actually gets selected to go, go, uh, to go on the final mission, too, which I think is is brilliant. Yeah, and the one thing we, me and Matt were actually debating was that when it comes to, like, pilots, as most of us know by now, you have to have, like, absolute perfect vision you can't have anything wrong with you but yet bob is a back seater and he wears glasses so i don't know if anybody is military or anything if that makes a difference if you can wear glasses but i feel like they would bend from the g-forces mm -hmm. even if you're not a pilot i feel like that would be a hazard mm -hmm. maybe that could be wrong but i feel like the pressure on your body would bend those frames pretty easily yeah, they can they, they can bend like literally you know aviator style just thin metal frames are going to bend backwards on your face even at three g's four g's and that's like even a, a low amount of g-force that they're pulling because i feel like if a plane can bend in the g-force pieces of plastic will bend as well oh, yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. but bob's character is great bob bob's call sign is bob which i thought was hilarious and the so, way to introduce him I think it's, it's the greatest <laughs> yeah. one because he plays this, I don't want to call him nerdy, but like... He's a nerd. You know, he's kind of a dork. Antisocial, dorky. Right, yeah. dorky's a great way. One of the cool things that I also found was that uh, Tom Cruise likes to name something or someone Bob in pretty much all of his movies that he's done in the last 20 years. I did not movies. know this, so I'm going to go back mm -hmm. through because I have several of his movies here in my collection. I'm mm -hmm. going to go back and check that out. Yep, within the last 20 years or so, he's had something called Bob. In one of his movies, uh, I want to talk about the uh, the scene um, with the uh, with that test um, plane that they did. Okay, yeah, the, the, the death, the, the the night star. Yep, um, dark star, something like that. Yep. So, <laughs> what's really cool is that you know they have this thing where they 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 go in test stages, so they have to hit Mach nine, and then the overall goal is to hit Mach ten, but they get start to get shut down. Um, and, you know, Maverick's doing his Maverick thing, and he says, you know, screw it, let's go. And as, um, excuse me, as um, Ed Harris is pulling up, who's one of the, oh, God, what was he? Rear Admiral. Yeah, um, who's there to shut down the, the project. He gets in the plane and taxis off uh, and actually he, starts going off down the runway. Because he knows if he doesn't, then the program is dead and everybody works with is losing their jobs. Yep. Um, so the cool part about that was that shack, that guard shack, your mm -hmm. gate shack at the end of the runway, like you had told me earlier, they had that one shot to get that scene yep. because of all the other planes that yeah. were taking off. Like, this is a live Air Force base. Um, and the, the force of that jet 
lifting the roof off mm -hmm. was absolutely incredible just to show you the sheer force because that's the not power. just like you know plywood that's a huge built concrete roof and it just lifts it like a lego yeah they like it's, i was i was listening to you know people that are podcast stuff and like a navy guy who was like kind of in charge of like all the aviation stuff and tell them what they can do and not do what is safe or not safe how to fly the jets and everything but he's been in charge of everything um, site locations, he was like, he was there the day they did that shot, and he said that the guard shack, it was built like a real guard shack, like it had air conditioning, lights, like walkie-talkies, clipboards, pens, pencils, everything a guard shack would need. And he said the only thing that prevented the, the roof from actually flying off and literally killing people, because if it flies off, it's going to catch the wind from that force and fly back, it's going to fly right at the camera people and kill them from, from the force would come off. He goes... It was held on by by like like a, like an inch, half an inch, like electrical wire that they had from the guard shack. That's the only thing that held it on there, so it didn't fly off. Because he said he was there when they were filming. He was behind the camera with all the camera people. He go he, he goes he goes. My first thought was, oh shit, we're gonna die. And he saw a lift. He goes and it held. And he said the fact that the other if you watch real closely also in that scene. You see a couple extras that are helped. They're the driver's Fred Harris. They kind of duck. That's not supposed to happen. And they told Ed Harris kind of like, this was going on. Ed Harris goes, no problem. They're like, just don't move. You know, be as still as possible. And Ed Harris doesn't flinch an inch. And these other stunt guys are kind of ducking out of the way. And that just shows how amazing and locked in Ed Harris was for this role. He just was not worried about it. He just stood there took the sonic boom going over and was just mm -hmm. like, what's up? Yeah, because it's not like it's, you know, he's being cleared by a thousand feet. It's probably a hundred feet. It was like 100, 130. Oh my God, that's just intense. The cool part about that that plane was that their test goal now that they've taken off is to hit Mach 10. Yeah. Do you know how fast Mach 10 is? I looked it up, but I didn't write it down for some reason. <laughs> so if you are going Mach 10, you're going 2.1 miles a second. A second. <laughs> that is insane. So um, right now the fastest uh, manned aircraft is the uh, SR-71 Blackhawk, by, um, excuse me, made by Lockheed Martin. Uh, and it can fly just over Mach 3 right now. Which is moving. That's a helicopter. That's, that's hauling. It's not a helicopter. It's a plane. I think it's a helicopter. No. Oh, that's not bad. I missed her job. I was like, that's a fast helicopter, dude. It's, it's like the, the stealth bomber in a sense. So okay. right now it can fly just yes, over. Yes, folks, we are surviving because I'm filming, hot. I'm filming in my living room and we turn off the air conditioning because it would be way too loud. So we are sweating, but we're here for you because so we turned it off. Hope you appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they actually have, NASA has their, um, their uh, oh God, what was it, the X-43 scramjet. Okay. And that can actually fly 9.6, uh, or Mach 9.6, which is the fastest unmanned aircraft in the world. Now, you can say that the space shuttle can fly so much faster, but that's because they're not flying in an atmosphere. They're flying in outer space. Yeah, and that's completely different. Which, to think that the like, space shuttle, this big bus, can fly yeah. faster than nine point oh, nine point six, just insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 
So, and like, another thing, again, like looking up and doing research in the movie, the one thing that I loved and appreciated, I mean, the first one to me is a, holds a very special place in my heart. I just, I very much am a massive fan about everything about the original one. Love the original one. But you can tell a lot of the stuff they did in the original was all green screen. But again, it's the 80s. So you have the technology you have. Now with the new technology, Tom Cruise did a great job. He told me, he goes, if we're going to do this, we need to do it right. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have these actors in the planes doing doing like doing all the flips and turns so, like when you see those actors like in the planes and you and you see them their face distortion and the heavy breathing all that is not acted that is completely real they are doing their lines going pulling four three to four g's while doing their lines mm-hmm. they had to do i think it was like a three to four week flight course just to get their bodies ready to be able to just mm-hmm. say their lines and uh, the movies put together an actual course for them to take yeah. just to get ready for this movie. Yeah, so like Tom Cruise took this very, very personally because he's a he's a massive aviation guy. He has several of his own planes. Uh, so they said one of Navy's big requirements was that Tom Cruise was not allowed to fly any of the jets <laughs> and to not touch any of the controllers or they would be shut down immediately. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things that I kind of found out about Again, through like just you know reading and watching people's videos and stuff, was that there was live classes going on, you know, at the Top Gun class school. They had live classes going on, so they had to pull people on their free time to film these scenes. So they only have some sometimes three, two to three, two to three, maybe four hours to film these jets because that's a lot of taxpayer money. It's the pilots' time, their free time when they're not learning because they're pulling 11, 12 hour days at these schools mm-hmm. some days and. And then they're like, oh, hey, we take these guys up. And I mean, that's... And those actors were going up for 90-minute intervals, too. Yeah. They go up a few times a day. Yeah. And uh, what I found funny was that... Well, not funny, because I know I would be one of those ones that would be, you know, roughing all over the place. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The majority of all those actors would would consistently throw up every single day. I couldn't even imagine what that would feel like. Even though I would love it, I know you absolutely would give your life to go fly in a jet. It's it's my dream to like fly in in a jet just just one time. So if you guys know anybody, you let me know, you hit me up. He'll go. I will go 100%. I'll pass out, puke, you know, pants, I don't care. I just, I want to go. But yeah, these actors, like these actors, they got put through a lot, man. They got put through, through the ringer with this. I know, like, the guy that was in charge of everything was one of the head, like, basically he's in charge of the Blue Angels. So they brought him in to fly some, like, he was actually flew the jet, and the very first scene you see was he's, like, the lead guy of the Blue Angels. Blue Angels, they only had him for a day, because then he had to go back out to do more shows with the Blue Angels. So they had him for, like, two or three hours that day, and they're like, you have one shot, he has to go. Mm-hmm. And then that was, I mean, you, you literally had the one shot, and that's what you got in the very first scene. And from the very first scene, it was just like, just go. And I just, oh man, this movie was just, everything about it was just I love the amazing. camera angles. I love that they put the cameras in the jets. Mm-hmm. And what I found interesting about 36 that. 36 GoPros in, in each cockpit. It was unreal, all those 6K cameras and mm-hmm. everything. The thing that I found interesting was that the actors had to be the ones who turned the cameras on and off. The entire time they were shooting, oh, I know. Okay. the directors actually weren't able to see what was in the cockpits until they got back, landed, and downloaded everything. That's crazy. Okay, I didn't know that. That's a lot of that. that, that that's, that's one insane. more thing you have to do as an actor while you're pulling 3G. 
hey, hit this button over here. Yeah. Flip <laughs> <laughs> like, a switch. Flip a switch. Do your lines. Breathe heavy. Don't pass out. Don't no puke. Look, won't, had to do their own makeup or readjust their makeup as they're going in the in, in the uh, in the planes. Which was, it's just the whole movie. You know, when you think about what it takes to create a movie, yeah. and you and I have been our own movie. Yes, we have. It will be on. Um, it will be on YouTube very shortly. You know what it what it takes just to create a movie, not just a blockbuster, but to think about what went into this movie specifically. Mm -hmm. The not just millions, tens of millions. It was hundreds of millions of dollars oh, put yeah. into this movie. But then on the outset to be the one of the first movies to make a billion dollars yeah a billion not over oh it took a year or it took two it took, it like took two a months. couple months to make a billion dollars yeah and i think they said the cost per hour to rent these jets i think it was like i think it's eleven thousand two hundred thirty four dollars and like 16 cents I think it's somewhere right around there. I think yeah, I'm that's glad. very accurate or very precise. <laughs> I think it's somewhere right around there, which is insane. And I guess like the IRS and the taxes were like, no, we want that 16 cents. Like that's the government's money. So, and I guess like when like these crews travel, guys, like you have to run, you're basically running out damn your entire city. Like when they went to fighter town over in San Diego, like there's parts of San Diego where they rent out two full hotels just for the crew. And of course, the actors had their own nice swanky places, but they got the rest of the crew got put up in these hotels and they rented out entire hotels, like dozens, like like two, I think they said two full hotels for the entire cast and crew. That's crazy. You think about it, you know, makeup, wardrobe, special effects, mm -hmm. catering, like all those people, they're traveling with the group in these massive buses and you have to have rooms. You have, they rent rooms just for to put equipment in, mm -hmm. to store it, because you can't leave it outside because people steal that crap. Right. And so, Getting back to the movie, kind of, now we're kind of little, you know, talking about the little facts. Another cool thing that I love that they did with this was that I found out that Miles Teller actually taught himself. Well, I don't know if he taught, but I think he learned how to, he learned how to play the piano. So he could re, like, reimagine or redo, like, the iconic Great Balls of Fire scene from the first one with his dad, Goops. So he actually learned how to play the piano just for this role. And he took like singing lessons and stuff so he could sing it. So when you see him playing and singing the piano, that's really him. That's not being fake. And so you would think about, he learned how to play the piano, sing, turn the cameras on and off, do his own makeup, learn his lines, not pass mm -hmm. out. Like what they did for this movie was absolutely just, it was just bonkers. It's unreal. And it's just like, you, I mean, again, you have like a real, real subtle flashbacks. You have the Kawasaki. You have the um, you have the jacket, the aviators, and of course you have the great balls of fire thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, the F-14 Tomcat, the end of the movie. Yeah, and of course you have like you get all these real subtle flashbacks. You have a real quick like flashback of like Goose dying like from the original one. And again, it was like what five six seconds. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a big drawn out thing, mm -hmm. which I like. So I'm like they didn't linger on it. Yep, and don't. The only thing that, that I didn't enjoy, I feel like it was kind of forced, was the uh, talk to me goose. I feel like they tried. I feel like they tried they to force it. Yeah. And I, I'm not, and like the first Miles Teller's like talk to me, Dad. I'm like, I was kind of like, mm. that's like the only line of the movie where I'm just like, hey, it's like okay. You wanna you wanna bring back goose in, in the right way, yeah. But you don't want to overdo it. I think the the directors did a good job at not overdoing it because 
they wanted to keep it as a always looking forward, you know, progressing the story, not yeah. having to always look back. Yeah. And like, and to me, like in these roles, like when it comes to like Rooster and Hangman, those are basically your Rooster, Hangman, and Maverick are basically your, your three main characters. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Rooster, Hangman is the Maverick. Yeah, say, it's, I was literally gonna say, I was like, Rooster is clearly Maverick, Hangman is clearly Iceman, and then Maverick is the original Maverick. So, like, their relationship, again, is very rocky. And, again, Ben Powell, amazing job as playing an asshole. I just I just think he does a fantastic job. And I also love that they kind of had the, um, actually, actually, the intro. They did the original intro again. I remember we looked at each other we're like, are we in the wrong movie? Mm-hmm. It had the opening credit. And then it went to, like, the slow, like, the, you know, you guys know the song. We won't help it for you and ruin it. But, like. They're, they're like it's like you're back on like an aircraft carrier flight deck again, and all these guys are like pulling the hoses, they're doing the flag things, they're all this stuff, and then like you get like what eight ten seconds of that, and then Danger Zone jet takes off and Danger Zone kicks in. It's immediately the same opening as the first one, and that gave me little goosebumps. Like I have goosebumps right now just talking about it. this movie gets me so fucking hyped. I cannot wait to buy this movie and watch it a thousand times, like I did the original one. I watched the original one so much, I had to buy a new copy because my first one stopped working. Mm-hmm. I'm almost to the point where I can start quoting this one. I've only seen it, th- I think, three times now. So I'm obsessed with this movie. It's it goes, If you guys haven't seen it, I don't know why you're watching this, but I appreciate it. Go see it. It's just, it's so good. Mm-hmm. So let's flip over to kind of like the, the another iconic thing they kind of did, but they kind of didn't do, was the beach sports scene. I honestly, I thought, I was so happy they didn't do the volleyball yeah, scene. Yeah, I was hoping they Because, you, it, like I said, you don't want to overdo yeah. and make it the original. You want to make it its own movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that they had some sort of beach sports scene, but it was great for them to make a football scene, mm-hmm. a dogfight football. Offense, offense and defense, defense at, at the same, same time. time. Man, that was... Uh, and can we talk about how shredded Tom Cruise is for, like, 55 or whatever he is? Yeah, he I mean, good for him. I mean, I know that sounds weird as a dude saying that, but, like, props do or props to do. That guy's in really good shape for being pushing 60. <laughs> so, a cool thing that I found that I just, again, you guys may have already know about this, but another cool thing, like, Glenn Powell has said in interviews, a.k.a. Hangman, that they filmed that scene. It took him, like, a day to film that scene. So everybody's like in the gym working out, just just literally just losing as much body fat as possible because you just want you want everybody, you want everybody to be ripped and jacked. And it was this competition: who can be the most shredded? Yeah. And so they filmed the scene. Everybody's like, "Yeah, we're dead. We're gonna put like extreme diet anymore. Like kill ourselves." And then like two days later, Tom Cruise is like, "We well, need to ref." They, after they celebrated, they went out uh, yeah. and they got just tater tots and milkshakes. Yep, tater tots and milkshakes. And then Tom Cruise called him next game day and goes, "Guys, we have to refilm, we have to reshoot that scene." They go back to the gym the next day and start working out like three to four hours a day just to lose like the weight that they put on and get reshredded and shoot the scene all over again. And another subtle thing, I don't know if you caught it, you have the Wolfman howl. Yep, and right as Hondo. Yep, he's like, "Ah." And then, of course, you have, like, the Miles Teller, like, little dance everybody, all the females are just going nuts about. I personally think, like, Miles Teller, he kind of had a big surge probably ten, probably eight, nine years ago. And then he kind of fell off because, like, I don't know what happened. He got kind of blacklisted for a little while. Mm-hmm. And, like, the last year, last two or three years, man, like, 
Especially this movie is going to rocket him and like superstardom because like everyone, I mean, he crushed it. Uh, Glenn Powell, he's going to be a massive name mm -hmm. coming out pretty soon. And again, all the pilots did just like an awesome job. The one thing that I want, I was telling Matt about, I want a little more of Phoenix's character because like I love like that badass chick. Like I'm with all these dudes. I'm just as good. Like I want that like that fuck you. I can do what you do. Mm -hmm. I wanted that. Like her, just to be a little more. Give her a little, like she has so few lines. I wanted a little more from her character because I was very intrigued by her character because she was just like that first scene. We didn't think from anyone. Yeah, the first scene where she walks into the bar, she goes, "Oh, hangman, he'll always leave you hanging, hanging, mm -hmm. hanging out the drive," and he's just talking shit, and she comes right back out. I'm like, I'm like, yes, get after his ass. Like he's an asshole. Like mm -hmm. get him. Like so, like I wanted more of her. Unfortunately, we didn't get it, but. She did get the last zing in the very one of the very last lines of the movie. Mm -hmm. It was um, they're all, hey man, like so I think Rooster was like, oh you got your you got your second kill. He's like yeah, and then she goes, Maverick's got five now. He's an ace. <laughs> and then <laughs> Hangman just like rolled his eyes. Like I was just like yes, mm -hmm. get him, yep. get him. And it's just like what if we talk about like so like the slow build up. Then like the last 40 minutes and they're getting ready to go on this mission, the last 40 minutes is like a non-stop, edgier seat action pack. Mm -hmm. It's like boss to the wall yeah. action. And that's what you want out yes. of this movie. You yes. want to see, you don't, yeah, you have to have the build up to the story and the love scenes in the background, but you want to watch a movie that has F-18s going, you know, Hundreds of miles an hour, banking back and forth, fighting dog fights, the whole thing. That is what you want out of this movie, and they they absolutely nailed it. Yeah, like one of my favorite shots the entire movie is where Tom Cruise takes off. You're in the cockpit, you see him going like, Shh, and, you, and you see the cuckoo, like you said, like you see him taking off. And I love you get that visual of him like cuckoo. Another thing that I loved, the only part of the love story going back to that that I actually really thought was funny. Was when he's sneaking out the window and he yep. jumps down mm -hmm. and lands, yeah. and the daughter's, <laughs> the daughter's like looking at him like, mm -hmm. "You're sneaking out, really? This is kind of what a kid's supposed to be doing." She just goes, "Don't break her heart." He was just kind of like, and it's like you know that's normally what happens to a kid. In yeah, a movie. it was like a role reversal kind of thing. Um, let's talk about Val Kilmer. Mm -hmm. um, there is no way you could make this movie and not bring Iceman back. Oh no, no way. You, had to bring Iceman back. And the fact that he was the Admiral, Admiral Kazansky, I think was fantastic because the entire movie, they always reference, wow, it's Captain Pete Mitchell. How are you still a captain? Like, you can promote it and all that. And, but um, I thought that, you know, considering that he has throat cancer yeah. and can't speak, that scene, though it didn't last very long, it was only a couple minutes. Yeah was done perfectly oh it was great like he's like what do you want to talk about and he's points he's like i want to talk about work yeah and he just keeps right. points so what do you want to talk about <laughs> and, like the fact that he just, <laughs> he, 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 he just point at the board it's so mm -hmm. freaking funny um and, and like and as we know like after like phoenix and on oh, and uh coyote both almost die uh when he gets into the g-lock mm -hmm. from the g-force so mm -hmm. that was so I'm assuming that's pretty accurate. That's probably what happens. You just basically you just pass out and you lock up. Your body locks up, essentially. Well, yeah, you pretty much you pass out. And 
you are the one controlling the plane. Yeah. And if there's no one controlling the actual plane, the plane's just going to go wherever it wants to go. Yeah. Right? So that's why he had, Mav had to get behind him, throw tone on, create some sort of noise. And once you reach an altitude, a lower altitude, and you slow down, because if you're going uphill, right, and, you know, you're, you're pulling any sort of G-force, you, you can pass out from that. And when you come down, your plane is doesn't have any, well, they lost both engines. So your plane will slow down. You're still falling incredibly fast, but eventually you will regain blood back into your head yeah. and, and come out of being passed out. But, um, yeah, it was one of those things you, you think, man, is someone going to die? Because, you know, you have Goose die halfway mm -hmm. through the first one. And that was my thought was that there's going to be someone who dies in this film. And someone does die, and it's sad. Yeah. Um, but it's not who you think it's going to be until the scene shows up, and it, and it turns out to be Iceman. Yeah, and like the Iceman funeral scene was really awesome because you have the, um, you know, Tom Cruise smashing his wings into it, to you know, into the casket, into the casket, which is a real well-known thing that the military guys do for each other, and then of course you have. The flyover, you have the missing man formation where the one jet takes off on its own, the other three stay in formation, mm -hmm. which just kind of signifies, you know, a man down, man gone kind of thing. Going up into the afterlife. Yeah. So I don't know if that was, I actually had to look it up, so actually that's kind of cool to find out kind of what that was called. And again, like, just like the last 40 minutes, man, like they take off and the missiles are like coming over them and like we're riding with them in the jets mm -hmm. before they hit their mission is just freaking awesome i know that cgi obviously we can fire real missiles but it's still a cool really cool shot mm -hmm. and then of course like we have like tom cruise getting basically shot down and like the fact that bradley gets shot down he runs over he's like you okay he runs over he just what are you doing what are you doing here he's like what are you doing he's like what are you thinking he's like i'm supposed to save you he goes he told me not to think and he looks at me, he's like, it's just like that whole part, like the theater, we were in the theater, the theater just erupted a lot because it's, it's so funny, you're just like, mm -hmm. he's doing what you told him to do, and now you're mad. And the fact that they go back to this airbase, which has been blown up. Yeah, no one <laughs> waves or anything, and they can find, there's what, the one F-14, which is the original jet that Tom Cruise flew in the original t Top Gun. Mm hmm and like, Miles Teller goes in and he goes, oh my god, oh my this god, thing is heroic. <laughs> yeah, it's just like... No radar, no radio, just absolutely nothing. It was fantastic. And they take off with like a very shortened runway. Yeah, they take off on the taxi, taxiway. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... And the fact that you've got that scene with Maverick and Goose's kid flying behind him, that's a, that's gonna, I feel like that's going to be a very iconic scene. Because it's just like it's got a flashback to the original one, which I loved. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, can we talk about that aerial stunt when they're in that time? Good track? God. Yeah, the aerial stunt, which I am still of the opinion that they did not tell any of the actors. They did not the pilots tell, Yeah, they, I feel like they did not tell the actors because those reactions, if those are acted, that's like Oscar worthy acting. Because, mm -hmm. like, and you guys all know the scene where they're like coming up to the missile lock and the jet just like turns sideways yep. and then comes, it comes like literally up, goes. does this like air, air stall in yeah. a sense. Literally takes its whole entire body, comes back behind, 
and then gets missile lock on them. It's it, it, to see that the first see it in theater. theater. Well, again, yeah. Oh god, absolutely incredible. Because Miles Teller, I think, had the greatest reaction to that. He goes, what, what the, the fuck, fuck was that? that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, it's so great. And another goal. Speaking of Miles Teller, again, another cool thing that's really quick that happens. I guess it's not really cool. It wasn't supposed to happen. When they're kind of getting zigging around and zagging and all that, there's a part where he kind of comes up out of his harness and he kind of hits, almost hits the ceiling. That is not, it's a real quick shot. It's, that's not supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. His harness was not strapped in tight enough and it was too loose and they captured it and they thought it looked pretty cool. So they left it in the film to keep it as authentic looking as possible because that could really happen yeah. in real life. It, had to come, it was going up. The bank the first time to go to the inverted dive. Yeah. You hit the top and, and he he's jumps like, up. like yep. Yeah, and it's just like and them flying together and then you think they're gonna die, and it's like, you gotta be kidding me. We got this far. Now you're gonna kill Maverick and Goose's kid mm -hmm. together. Yep. And the thing was is that obviously before that whole scene, you know, Mav gets shot down and you think, did they just kill Maverick mm -hmm. in the movie? Like, there's that part of you that says they're not going to do it. There's no way they can do it. But I remember sitting there thinking, oh, my God, they, 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 they killed him yeah. off. Like, they literally killed him off. And then they give me, like, you literally wait 1.2 seconds. You're like, oh, he's live. I'm like, mm -hmm. give me, like, a six, seven-second pause. Like, let me let me panic for a little bit next mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Keep the on the edge of your seat. Just keep questioning, is it true? Can they do it? Did they actually do it? But, you know, overall, the... The end of that movie where, you know, the thing was is that Hangman didn't get selected to do the final mission. Yeah. Even though the entire movie, you would just expect him to be part of that final yeah, mission. Yeah, he, he was not named the team leader. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because he was too cocky and he knew that the only person that would be able to be Mass Wingman was Rooster. You can't have well, Hangman. Because you remember, like, that, oh, and we, we just skipped right over the, like, all my favorite parts. The first training session where these kids are just talking shit about Tom Cruise just running about, and he just flies up right he between them. Oh man, they're, they're like, "Oh shit!" He's like, "Fights on!" And he just flips up. Oh man, mm -hmm. and it's just like, and then of course, like you have the part where Hayman leaves his wingman. Tom Cruise goes, "Oh, leave your wingman." Where have I seen that before? Like, it's the real subtlety of these mm -hmm. of these lines that are just like timed perfectly. Mm -hmm. I, and like I think you and I both agree, Bob has some of the best lines in the movie. Bob has like ten lines, but they're all like singers, mm -hmm. and they're great. What's your name, Bob? No, no what's your call sign? <clears throat> Bob. Yeah. And another thing, I, I didn't know to the end of the movie, it's actually Bill Pullman's kid. So if you guys don't know this, he is president. The president of the United States in Independence Day. That's the best way I can explain it. He flew in an F-18 in Independence Day, but on a movie set. But his son actually was flying in an F-18 for life. Oh, I didn't even... That just... Okay, that hit home. I didn't even think about mm -hmm. that. Okay. Yep. But yeah, like the training sessions where they're doing the 200 push-ups, and it's just like... Him, like Tom Cruise just whooping their ass. And the way... that The fact they used... Um, who are you? Who, 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 who? That that like that use of that song was amazing with the jets like and like just the song. Oh man, seeing that in theaters, guys, you you've got to see if you the have rush. Yeah, the sound. It's not just what's on the screen, but 
but it's the actual sound and how it amplifies and you feel the booms and the thuds yeah. in the theater. It's something that is an actual movie you have to see in the theater before it's gone. Because if it, I don't think unless you have a movie theater at home, your TV or your sound system can't do that movie its true justice. Like I, for example, I have like a 75 inch TV. And I feel even once I have my surround sound, it's still not going to be the same as seeing it mm-hmm. in a theater. Yep. No matter how hard I try, it's just, yep. it's not going to be the same. Unless I become, like, I become a billionaire someday, and then... Which we will. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll so. get there. We'll, we'll, we'll be billionaires by Top Gun 5. Mm-hmm. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, I hope they don't do any more Top Gun it, 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 it'll, it'll be Rooster's Kid flying no, with Maverick's no, grandson. Leave it alone. I have a feeling. I'm telling Please. you right. I'm Please. telling you right now, they're gonna make a third one. No, don't. And it's going to be terrible. Don't please. I'm telling you, they're going to make a third one. Tom Cruise is going to direct it, but he's not going to be in it. Oh my god, please. I hope they don't. I real. I just have this horrible feeling that they made such a massive amount of money off this. How could they not? So another thing I want to talk about is that you know there's the fifth generation fighter jets, right? Yeah. From a rogue nation, they never mentioned what country mm-hmm. it's from but you're led to believe that it's uh either north korea russia, russia. could be china right yeah. um and people were saying well you know we have the f-35 right which is one of the best mm-hmm. jets in the world but we're using i don't want to call it outdated but the f-18 right but why did they use the f-18 versus the f-35 it's because the F-35 is only a one-person aircraft where the F-18 has two cockpits in it. So they can actually have the real pilots flying, and then you can have your um, actors behind flying the plane. Okay, I didn't know that. Yep. So that's actually pretty tight. Yep. But So yeah, guys, I mean, again, if you have seen it, go see it again. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's a fantastic film all the way around, and I'm going to pre-order mine here next Thursday when I get paid. He already pre-ordered his copy. It's supposed to be coming out, I think, the middle of August, I think, is the release date. Two weeks. So, um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Again, me and him can talk about this movie for hours, but we just, it's too hot in here. We're very, I'm very much sweating, so I'm in a full... I'm in a full suit here, basically. <laughs> so, um, hope you guys enjoyed the cheesiness of us dressing up for the part here. But we enjoyed this episode. I hope you as well, Matthew. So, Matt will be joining me again here for some more future episodes. So, you will see and hear his lovely voice if you're listening or watching. We'll, we'll be talking about Amazon's Terminalist, starring Chris mm. Pratt and Taylor Kish. Or Kittish. I, I, I can never pronounce the name. The dude from John Carter. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be going over that one because that show is freaking amazing. And we're going to be talking about that one. And that's when you will see and hear from him next. Yep. So Cheeks, I appreciate you coming on. And, uh, Thanks. Thanks for having me. And again, we'll do this again very soon. And until next time, guys, I hope you've enjoyed your slice of pie.